Hashem, I have the great source to be able to at least join you from Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, at least virtually, at least virtually. So I want to begin by thanking, first of all, to thank Maishi and Jeremy for, of course, as always, making this possible and working so hard to ensure that I'm able to continue to give shir, even if I'm not there, and that I'm able to have this with all of you. Thank today's sponsors. To thank our Tamatora sponsors, Shmuley and Liba Dinovitz, for dedicating all the Shurim this month in memory of Shmuley's father, Haraf Peretz, Avram Ben Rabin Yamin Moshe, Zechron of the Racha. And to thank Greg and Rachel Levitan for dedicating the Shurim creation of the yard site of Rachel's father, Mr. Burton. Schwartz Ben Sion Ben Yisrael Shimon Zechron Lebrach. We open the merit of our Tamu Torah, the Nisham Mislavan Aliyah, and the families in the Chaman Abosu. With that, let us begin. Today's daf is Ksuvis, daf Yud Gimel Amit Aleph Ksuvis 13. We are picking up four lines down from the top at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows. Oh, sorry. So the Mishnah says as follows. Sorry about that. Mishnah says, He omeres mukas eats ani, vuhu omer lo ki elodrusas ishat. An interesting case. She claims, again, couple gets married, she's not a basula. So she claims, you're right, I'm not, in other words, I don't have basulim, but that's a result of mukas eats, an injury. He claims, no, you're not mukas eats, but rather you're not, a, there's no basulim because you're with another man. So what's that? Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, Omrim, Ne'emenes. Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer say that she is believed. So remember again, this is the same Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer that we already saw in the last Mishnah as well. That halacha lemaisa, we believe her. That we believe her. She has a cheskas kashros, and ultimately, again, we take her word. We take her word. Now, the truth is, we also assume that Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Gamliel are motivated by the halachic concept of bari v'shema bari adif. That when you have two claims, one a definitive claim, one a possible claim, we always go with the definitive claim. So in this case, she's claiming bari. She's claiming again amukas eitz. He can't make a definitive claim. And most he's claiming is a possibility. So therefore, bari v'shema, bari adif. So the Gemara goes on. So the Gemara's Rabbi Yoshua says, no, lo mi pi We literally, again, we do, not leave, we do not live based on her word. Just because she says something doesn't automatically make it fact. Ela harezu becheskas drusas ish but rather, again, in fact, we will go ahead and assume that the reason she's not a basula is because she must have had relations with another man, and therefore, and the burden of proof is upon her. So this is the same machlokus we had in the previous Mishnah. Rabbi Gamil and Rabbi Eliezer saying, ultimately, bari v'shema bari adif. She's making a bari claim. He's making a possible claim. Therefore, Allah said, we believe her. Versus Rabbi Yoshua says, not necessarily. Again, the burden of proof is upon her. So says the Gemara, Ta'anasayu b'mai. So the Gemara has an interesting question. Rashi says over here, Mahi umahu What are they arguing about? In other words, practically, I understand the difference in claims, but Lamaisa, what is it that she's claiming from him and what is it that he's counterclaiming or what is it that he's willing to do? So the Gemara says as follows, Rabbi Yochanan says, she's claiming that she's entitled to a ksuva of 200 because as a mukas eats, she is still a basula. And he's claiming I'm only obligated to go ahead and pay you 100. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Elazar or Rabbi Elazar says, Rabbi Elazar says she's claiming a mana. She's claiming a mana. 
ultimately again and he's claiming that he owes her absolutely nothing so watch this so let's analyze Rabbi Yochanan holds that in this case she's claiming 200 zuz he's only willing to pay her 100 zuz so the Gemara says so Rabbi Yochanan holds like the position of Rabbi Meir that we saw two days ago namely that a mukas eats whether the husband was aware of the fact that she was a Mukas Eitz or not, ultimately, again, she gets a Ksuva of Masai, which is another way of saying that a Mukas Eitz, a woman whose Besulim are, are not there because of an injury, has the absolute status as a Besula, and therefore Halach Lamaisa gets a full-fledged Ksuva. So therefore, according to Rabbi Yochanan, she's claiming, she's claiming I'm a Besula, I'm a Besula, a Besula without Besulim, and he's claiming, no, you had relations with another man, therefore you only get a Ksuva of 100. Rabbi Lazar or a man of a local, Rabbi Lazar holds that, no, the Machlokis is she's claiming 100. He's saying, I owe you absolutely nothing. Ultimately, again, he holds like the Rabbanan, and the Rabbanon hold that halacha lemaisa, that halacha lemaisa, whether he recognized, whether he knew she was a mukas eitz or didn't know that she was a mukas eitz, ultimately a mukas eitz is not treated like a basula and therefore only gets a hundred. So she's claiming I'm a mukas eitz, I'm entitled to a hundred. He's claiming no, Jerusas ish, you had relations with another man, and therefore you're entitled to nothing. So let's analyze. So bishlam Rabbi Lazar lo kamer lo lo amar Rabbi Yochanan. So I understand why Rabbi Lazar doesn't hold like Rabbi Yochanan. Why? Ultimately, again, because Rabbi Yochanan, excuse me, because Rabbi Lazar ultimately is establishing his position like the Rabbanan, that bein hikirba, bein lo hikirba, whether he knew he was, she was a Mukasates or didn't know she was a Mukasates, she's only entitled to 100. El Rabbi Yochanan, my time alone, Rabbi Lazar. Why does Rabbi Yochanan not hold like Rabbi Lazar? The Gemara says, Kasavar kansa becheskas besula, because ultimately, again, he holds that in general, in general, that if a man marries a woman thinking that she's a basula, and it turns out that she's not a basula, she's a baula, she still has a ksuva of a mana. So the Gimar says, Hacha hu ka'amar mana, vihi ka'amra mana, ma'ika bein taina didei letaina dida. So I'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Rabbi Yochanan will say the problem in this case over here is that halacha lemaisa he holds that number one, number one he holds like th- first of all, I'm sorry. So the Gemara says Rabbi Yochanan why doesn't know like Rabbi Lazar? Because ultimately, yeah, let's do that once more. because Rabbi Yochanan himself holds that if a man marries a woman with the expectation that she's a basula, but it turns out that she's a baula, he holds the sana mekachtos. He holds that she's still entitled ultimately to a ksuva of a mana. If that's the case, if that's the case, then ultimately, again, here, they're both saying the same claim. Because Lemaisa, again, she's claiming a mana, he's claiming a mana. Ma'ika bein taina didei, le taina So bishlam al Rabbi Lazar, hainu diktani tarti. So I'll say, see, now here's what's interesting. So remember, again, now effectively in the last two Mishnayas, we pretty much have the same machlokas, right? In other words, it's two different cases, but the core machlokas is the same. The core machlokas ultimately is bari v'shema. In other words, you, you have, on one hand, you have Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer holding. When you have bari v'shema, bari adiv, if she makes a definitive claim, he makes a possible claim, we believe her because at the end of the day, 
Bari Vishama Bari Adif, and Rabbi Yoshua is saying, no, she, the burden of proof is upon her to support her claim. So now the Gemara is asking, why do we need two Mishnayis teaching me the same Machlokas? So it says the Gemara as follows. So Bishlam Rabbi Elazar, Hainu Diktani Tarti, according to Elazar, I understand why I need both cases. Look at Rashi, Hainu Diktani Tarti, Bavi Bimasni Zingale Plukta Dimamona, He Omeris Misha Erastani Nasti, Vi He Omeris Mukase. So remember again, in the previous Mishnah, in the previous Mishnah, it was the same same concept. Man marries a woman, turns out she's not a basula. So she claims Mishai Rastani and Nasti. After the after Erusana was violated. And therefore, Nistap Chosadehu, it's your mazel. It's your mazel. So there again, you have Rabbi, Rabbi Gamil and Rabbi Eliezer saying she's believed. Rabbi Yoshua saying she's not believed. In our Mishnah, what's happened? So ultimately, man marries woman thinking that she's a basula. Turns out that she's that she's not a basula. She claims mukaseit. He claims drusas ish. The same lines are drawn. Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Eliezer, we believe her. Bari Vishama, Bari Adif, Rabbi Yoshua. No, we do not believe her. So why do I, why do I need both words? It's the same. Granted, it's two different cases, but conceptually, it's the same thing. So why do I need both cases? Why do I need both Mishnayos? So it says the Gemara again. Bishlam of the Rebbe Lazar, Hainu Diktani Tarti, Chada La'afuke Midrami Barchama. One is to go ahead and exclude the position of Rami Barchama, and ultimately Vechada La'afuke Midravchia Bar Abin. So I will say one is to exclude the position of Rami Barhamo, and one is to exclude the position of Rav Chiyab Ra'avin. If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over So according to, so interestingly enough, according to Relazer, according to Relazer, I understand why I need the previous Mishnah. Why? That comes to exclude the position of Rami Barchama. Because Rami Barchama is of the opinion that Halacha Lamaisa, if a man marries a woman, Becheskas Besula, and then it turns out that she's a Baula, Ultimately, again, she gets the ksuva of a mana. So the previous Mishnah comes to exclude that particular position. And this Mishnah, This Mishnah comes to exclude the position of Rechia Bar Amen. What does Rechia Bar Amen say? So the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that was Rami Bar And then the other was to go ahead and exclude the position of Rechia Bar Amen. Rechia Bar Amen was the one who said that Allah Chalamaisa, Kinsa Becheskas Pesulov, and in says Bu'ula, she gets a but according to Rabbi Yochanan, why don't you both Mishnayis? To which the Gemara says, This is very interesting. One Mishnah is ultimately to teach me the position of Rabbi Gamliel. And one is to teach me the strength of the position of Rabbi Yoshua. Now, which one teaches me which? Watch this. They both say the previous Mishnah teaches me the strength of Rabbi Yoshua's position. Hassan, now remember again, Rabbi Yoshua is of the opinion, lo mi piha anu chayin. Literally, again, we do not live based on what she says. We don't trust her just because she says something doesn't automatically mean we take her word. So what does this mean? Migo, migo lo mehemna. I will say, remember again, in the previous Mishnah, okay, let's just bring kind of everything together over here. In the previous Mishnah, man mar- Ruven marries Rachel, thinking that she's a basula. It turns out that she's not a basula, or at least she doesn't have basulim. Okay, she claims Misha'irastani ne'enasti after Eris and I was violated. So let's skip down to Rabbi Yoshua. 
Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Yeshua says, she's not believed. No mipiyon So says the Gemara something very interesting. So Rabbi Yochanan will say, the previous Mishnah, that, that Mishnah, Mishnah Rastani Ne'enasti, teaches me the strength of Rabbi Yeshua's position. Why? Because in that Mishnah, she had a Migo. What was the Migo? She could have said Mukaseitz. See, even though she has a Migo, Rabbi Yeshua still doesn't believe her. Basraisa, the Mishnah we just read, So this Mishnah that we just read, namely again the case of ultimately where he discovers that she's not a Basula, she claims Mukaseitz, he claims he claims Drusas Ish. So this Mishnah comes to teaching the strength of Rabbi Gamliel's position. Why? See, in this case, there is no Migo. Why is there no Migo in this case? Because she's claiming Mukaseitz. If she's claiming Mukaseitz, there's no longer any Migo. Yet Rabbi Gamliel still believes her. The Gemara says, I'm sorry, Afagav Leka Migo Mehemna. Good, beautiful. So therefore, I'll say, even though both Mishnayis really seem to be. It's the same Mach Lokas in both places. Halach Lamaisa, both Mishnayis are novel in what it is that they teach. And I'll point out, I think I mentioned this in yesterday's Shira already, the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch ultimately paskin like Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer in these cases, that Halach Lamaisa were going to side with her claim because of the Bari Vishema, Bari Adif in both of these cases. Good, says the Mishnah. What's the next Mishnah? A very interesting case. They saw her speaking with someone. So again, in this case over here, in this Rachel, and they see Rachel speaking with someone. Now we'll discuss exactly what speaking means. So what the Gemara says? So what's what's the nature of this guy? Who is this guy you were talking to? And she says, so ultimately she claims that she tells us his name and that he's a Kohen. Okay. Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Eliezer, Omrim Ne'emenes. She is believed. She is believed. Then I will say, now, what's the concern over here? The concern over here must be that there's a concern that she had relations with the guy. Right? So the Shaila is like this. The Shaila is... If, do we assume that the individual, the man who she was quote-unquote talking to, is he a kosher? Is he someone who is genealogically fit and therefore relations with him does not impact her regarding future plans to marry into the kahuna? Or do we have to assume that he's puzzle, right? That he's genealogically invalidated and therefore Allah Chalamaisa, based on the quote-unquote speaking with him, she can now no longer marry into the kahuna. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Gamil says, no, Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Lezer, we'll say, now again, it's the third Mishnah, same idea. We believe her, but she's, she's making a definitive claim. You know, we don't have any proof to the contrary. And therefore, Allah Chalamaisa, we will believe her. So Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Lezer, Omer Neaman, Rabbi Yeshua, Omer, Lomi, Pion, Chayin, Incredible. So as Rabbi, whereas Rabbi Gamil and Rabbi Eliezer say we believe her, Rabbi Yoshua will say, no, we know, we, 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 just because she says something, we don't trust it. And therefore, we have to assume the worst until we know the contrary. We have to assume the worst until we know the contrary. Ultimately, again, we have to assume that the man with whom she had relations, or whom she was quote-unquote speaking, Ultimately, again, is in a sin, is a mamzer. Therefore, again, she now becomes psula to marry into the kahuna. Incredible. Next case. Haisim uberes. Let's say a single woman becomes pregnant. And we ask her, Va'amrullah, Tell us who's the father. Literally, we're asking her, what's the nature of the fetus? Which is another way of saying, who's the father? 
Who's the father? So she claims, So she claims, ah, this baby has yichus. The father is a, so-and-so is the father. And ultimately, he's a Kohen. So again, the Gemara says, Obviously, we have to assume that this is a case where we cannot check out her claim with the supposed father. Because if you could check out the claim, just ask the guy. Just ask the guy. So, okay, assuming we can't do that, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lezer, say she is believed. We believe her. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer, let me peel on a chayin. Elahari, becheskas, muubaris, lenesin, ulamamzer, achetavi, raya, lidvareha. Ultimately, again, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, we don't believe her. We don't, just because she says something doesn't automatically mean we believe her. And therefore, we have to once again assume the worst, that the father of the baby is in a sin, is a mamzer, and therefore, the child is genealogically blemished. So we'll say, again, so now I just want to point out we have four cases, right? Two Mishnayas ago, two Mishnayas ago, which was the case of didn't find Besul Mishnayarastani and Nasni, the Mishnah that we started with today, right? Mukas Eitz versus Drusas Ish. And now again, these last two cases, Rauha Midaberes, she was talking with someone, and then Rauha Meubaras. Good. And it's all the same machlokes between, on one hand, Rabbi Gamil and Rabbi Eliezer versus Rabbi Yoshua. Says the Gemara, my Midaberes. Okay, so let's talk. Takhlis, Takhlis. What does it mean that she was, we saw her talking with a guy? So Ziri Amar Nistara. Ziri says we saw her secluded with someone. And obviously secluded with someone means secluded for long enough for something illicit to have occurred. Ravasi Amar Nivala. Ravasi says, no, that, literally there's Eidos that she had Bia. There's Eidos that she had relations with this guy. So says the Gimara Bishlama Ziri Haine Diktani Midaberes. So according to Ziri, I understand why what Midaberes means, right? So Midaberes ultimately means, she, in other words, that she was alone. She was talking. In other words, the, the word Midaberes means, could, we could also understand to mean Nistara, that she was alone. El Ravasi, my Midaberes, coin Ravasi. If there's actual Eidos that she had deal with this guy, why are we calling it Midaberes? Lishna Ma'ayi, Lishna the Mishnah is choosing to use a nicer lashon. It's euphemistic. It's euphemistic. So Midaberes actually means that we saw that she engaged in relations with the guy. But Lamaisa, we're using a nicer lashon. So when it calls like a or compares compares the sinner to a woman who commits adultery. The Pasik says that ultimately she eats, right? She eats This is the way of the adulterous woman. she eats she wipes her mouth. So wiping her mouth, of course, is a, is a euphemism for cleaning up after Bia. So ultimately, again, so you see this idea, you see this idea of ultimately sometimes using a euphemistic phrase. Of course, the euphemism doesn't work so well once you have to go ahead and explain it, but I guess at least the Mishnah, you know, the, the, euphemistic, the euphemistic benefit kind of goes out the window. All right, but Lamaisa, again, the Mishnah tried to use a nicer lotion in order to keep things a little bit simpler, a little bit cleaner. Okay, so Bishlam According to Ziri, I understand why I have two cases in the Mishnah. One where we saw quote unquote talking, and one where we see her pregnant. Because the case of talking, according to Ziri, is just we saw her alone with the guy. Something may or may not have occurred. The case of Mu'ubaras, the case of Mu'ubaras where she's pregnant, 
We know something occurred. So the Gemara says, Ravasi Tarti Lama, according to Ravasi, who holds that Midaberes actually means that we saw her have Bia, then why do I need two cases of both of both Midaberes and Meuberes? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Both are cases where we know she had Bia with someone. Oh, so we'll say one is to teach me ultimately again the fact that in case number one, Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Gamil so that, that case is about her personal kashros. The second case is about the kashros of her offspring. So, honey, chalamandar, we'll say, first, second wide line, you'd give him a nalif. Honey, chalamandar, we'll say, machsheba, machsheba, bita. So, that makes sense according to the opinion who says that all of the opinions who say that she will be kasher ultimately agree that her offspring will be kasher as well. Now, we'll say, take a look at Rashi, by the way. When we speak about the kashros of her offspring, so Rashi says over here, bita, last short line in Rashi. If her offspring is a girl, ultimately the offspring is able to marry into the kahuna. This is very interesting. So now what we're saying is like this, even according to Rabbi Gamliel, maybe when Rabbi Gamliel says that we believe her, that's because a woman has a chazakas kashros. So if she has a cheskas kashros, and we have no, right, she, we, we have no definitive information to the contrary, her cheskas kashros remains, and halacha lamaisa, she is kasher. But maybe with her offspring, the fetus doesn't have a cheskas kashros. So maybe we would say in this case, of, this case of the Mishnah, where we don't know who the father is, perhaps we do have to assume the worst, and the offspring doesn't have cheskas kashros, Kamash Malon, that's not the case. Kamash Malon, that's not, that's not true. Therefore, the Mishnah teaches us both cases. So that works well, says the Gemara, according to the one who says that the same way we say the mother's kshera, the baby will also be a kshera. But according to the opinion who says that, no, it's only the woman herself has a cheskas kashros. But we don't apply the cheskas kashros to the uber. What is there to say? Here we go. Ravasi savar kiman darmo divra machsheba machsheba bita. Ravasi himself holds holds that the one who says that the mother is kasher will also say that the fetus retains the cheskas kashros as well. Amrali rapapa laziiri. So rapapa said to ziiri the following: My midaberes nistra. So we'll say let's analyze a bit more. What does midaberes mean? Midaberes, when it says that, that again, the first case of the Mishnah, we start talking with someone, Nistra. That means they were alone for long enough for something to have occurred. And Rabbi Yeshua holds that halacha lamaisa is incredible. Rabbi Yeshua holds that halacha lamaisa, essentially, we see Rachel alone with someone, right? We ask her, who is it? She gives us a name. And she says, he's a Kohen, he's a Kasher. Rabbi Yeshua says, we don't believe her. We don't believe her. We have to assume that it was a nisin, that it was a mamzer. And therefore what that means is that now Rachel, who was just secluded with someone who we don't know. So number one, so we don't know who it was and we don't even know actually for sure what happened in seclusion. Allah will say that she is psula to marry into the kahuna. So the Gemara says, is that true? Rav says, listen to this. We give, Mal- we give Malkus for Yichud. Right? In other words, that remember, yichud is, is that a man and woman 
who are not married or directly related to one another are not permitted to be alone with each other. That's a rabbinic prohibition. Actually, it's true, this is a machlokas. We'll go with the idea of a rabbinic prohibition. So the halacha is that if a man and woman are violation of yichud, they get malchus. Rashi says malchus, malchus mardus, rabbinically, midarabanon. However, ve'en osrin, but we do not declare a woman unfit to marry into the kahuna based on the fact that she violated the Isra Yichud, look at Rashi, ve'en osrin, isha abayla bishol yichud ba'ama. So here it's saying, let's say a married woman was alone with another man who was not her husband. We would not answer her to her husband based on yichud. Or I should say, we would not answer her to her husband if she violated halachos of yichud. So what do you see from here? You see from here that yichud is answer. You might even get rabbinic malchus over yichud. But Lamai say Yichud doesn't impact status. If that's the case, then how could Rabbi Yoshua go ahead and say, right? If we go according to Ziiri, if we go according to Ziiri, that Midaberes and the Mishnah doesn't mean Biyah, it just means Stira, it just means they were alone with each other. Then how could Rabbi Yoshua say that she would be prohibited to marry into the Kahuna based on this Yichud? To which the Gemara says, Leima. Right? It must be not like Rabbi Yoshua, to which the Gemara says, and hers has to be that this, that this doesn't reflect the position of Rabbi Yoshua. In other words, that ultimately, again, so apparently, again, the statement is not in conformance with Rabbi Yoshua. Okay? No, it could even be Rabbi Yoshua. How so? It could be that in general, in general, Rabbi Yoshua would agree that Yichud doesn't impact status. There's only one situation where Yichud impacts status, and that's by the kahuna. Because when it comes to maintaining the genealogical fitness of the kahuna, we're more machmer. The truth is, we've actually seen many different examples of this. So therefore, maybe dafka by kahuna, that's what Rabbi Yoshua is going to be machmer. So, If we saw ultimately a woman, Go into a, uh, go, go enter in with a man, right? right, right and enter into a man to say, into a into a private place. So she's secluded with a man. We'll say you'd give him a days, or into a ruin. We ask her. Now we'll say now again. So here's the issue. The issue is she's going into a yichud. She's alone. Churva ruins were historically places where people would arrange illicit unions. So we ask her, you went into the ruin, you went into seclusion with this man, what's the nature of who, who is this guy? Right? And she answers us, she answers us, and she gives us the guy is a Kohen, or he is Uben Achi, he is he is he is the son of my father's brother, my cousin. My cousin. So what's the halacha? So in other words, the point is she's saying the person who I was alone with is someone ultimately who is genealogically fit. So I bring on Mi'or Belazar Omer, Ne'amenes. Rabbi Belazar say that she's Ne'amenes, she's believed. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Lo mi piya anu chayin, Ela hari zu b'cheskas b'ulinasin u'lamamzer, Ad shetavi raya lidvareha. And again, we'll say, here you have it. Rabbi Yoshua saying that halacha l'maysa. No. If she went into Yichud, we have to assume the worst. We have to assume the worst. That she had Bia, that the guy who she was alone with, and Rabbi Yoshua Sunali was there, there alone, but we have to assume Bia occurred, that the guy is in Nasin or a Mamzer. Until she brings proof that she had Yichud, that she was alone with someone who was kosher. To which the Gemara says, Bishlam al-Zi'iri, Hainu diktani tarti, l'seser al So according to Zi'iri, 
I understand ultimately again why you need both of these cases. Both seser, which ultimately means yichud in general, right? Or churva, which means a ruin. Now again, remember, remember, Rashi points out over here, the churva is stama lebe'ila shumakal muznus. El Ravasi, the Amar Nivala, but according to Ravasi, ultimately again, who says that Midaberes means Nivala, Tarti Lamali, why don't you both the case of Churva and Stira? Chadokatani, I'm sorry, Chadokatani, the Seser de Churva. Now, according to Ravasi, the way you would read this case is not as either or Stira or Churva, but rather it's actually one phrase, Lestira de Churva. She entered into the isolation, or an isolation is the wrong word, um, not isolation, to the, to the privacy, right? To the privacy of the Churva. In other words, it's one, it's one act. I, Vahalu Seser, or the Churva Katani, but that's not what it says, right? In other words, the Bryce seems to indicate that it's two different things, Le Seser or the Churva, to which the Gemara says, you're right. Chada Lechorva de Masa, Vechada Lechorva de Dabra. It's two different, two different types of Chorvas. One was a ruin in the city, and one was a ruin in the desert. Okay, so the Gemara says, what's the difference between these two? say, first of all, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says there is something very interesting. Chorva de Masa, what does it mean, a ruin in the city? Stam bi'ilasa me'echad bin ha'ir. It's very interesting. When it is a ruin in the city, listen to this, when a woman is alone with a man in a ruin in a city, we assume that the man who she was alone with was a man from that city. Now, in a case where, let's say, the majority of the city are Jews, are Kshirim, then you could assume, based on Rov, that even if she had Bia, it was with a Kasher. Masha'inkin, Rashi says, Dabra, Rashi says, Safek echad misofa olam balakan, verofa olam ovdikochavimim, uposlim isha bebiasam lekuhuna. So let's listen to this. But if it was a ruin in the desert, Dabra literally means desert. What it means is an isolated place outside of the city, Anyone has access to that. You have to go after not the rove of the city, but the rove of the world. The rove of the world are ovde kochavim, are psulim. Rove of the world are psulim. And therefore, Allah Chalamaisi would have to assume that if she had bia, she had bia with apostle, and ultimately now she'd be invalid. Utsrichi, the Gemara says, here we go. That, so that, that's the difference between a chorva de masa and a chorva de dabra. Chorva de masa, if the city, ruin in a city, if the city happens to be Yisraelim, then you could assume the man with whom she had relations was the Yisrael, Rov Ksherim, right? If it was a Churva de, Mas, de, de Dabra, a ruin in the desert, then you'd have to assume that the man with whom she had relations was a puzzle. So it says the Martrichi, need both cases, why? in Churva de Masa, if it would have just told me about a ruin in a city, I would say in that case, Rabbi Gamliel says that she's kosher. Why? Because if we assume that it was a city of Jews, the Rovar Jews, that's why we can assume that even if she had Bia in the seclusion, it was with a kosher. However, but ultimately, again, if it was a ruin in the desert, the Rov Psulin Etzla, where we have to assume the majority of the people are Psulin, ultimately, again, Ema Mode Leil Rabbi Yoshua. Perhaps even Rabbi Gamliel would agree with Rabbi Yoshua that we would have to assume that she is a psula. And if we're just at the previous case, in that case, Rabbi Yoshua says his position. 
Ema mod Gamliel. But in the previous case, perhaps, or in this case, perhaps he would agree with Rabbi Gamliel. Therefore, Tzricha, therefore, I will say ultimately again, both cases are necessary. So, really, really quite fascinating. So, therefore, what we have up until now is as follows. What we have over here is first case of the Mishnah. Ra'uha midaberes. We saw her speaking with someone. We ask her, who are you talking with? She tells us, oh, it was Aaron Akoin. Great guy, wonderful guy. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer say, okay, we believe her. Rabbi Yosho once again says, lo, lo mi pia anuchayin. Machlokes in the Gemara, what does midaberes mean? Rav Ziiri says midaberes just means nistara. They were secluded. Ravasi says, nivala. No, we know that relations occurred. We know that relations occurred. So then a good Rabbi says, so we go ahead and we compare this to the rest. I'll just point out, by the way, we also see an interesting halacha regarding yichud over here, which Rabbi says is very important. Halacha l'maysa, we passing with yichud. Yichud is an isa And therefore, if you violated it, you get malchus mardus. But yichud does not impact status. Does not impact status. So a woman, let's say, would not become a surah to her husband because of yichud. Because of yichud. And even according, so now just follow this one second. And even according to Ziiri, who says that the case of Medaberes is Yichud, Ayin Rabbi Yoshua is answering a woman based on Yichud, that's only because of the Kahuna. That's only because Ma'ala Asubi Okay, so let's go weiter. Mesve, let's raise the Kasha. Zu Eidus Shaishik Sheirala. This type of Eidus is an Eidus that a woman is believed for. We'll say what type of edos? Look at Rashi. Zu edos. The case in our Mishnah. Well, let's say again. Let's say again. A man said, right? A woman says, or this, let's go with this case. A woman was alone with a man. We ask her who was the man. Who was the right? Or we saw a quote unquote speaking with a man. We ask her who was the guy, and she gives us the name. It's Arna Cohen. Arna Cohen, right? So ultimately, again, the Brisa says over here, this is an edos that a woman is believed which seems to support the position of Rabbi Gamliel, right? Uh, Rabbi, Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer, and ultimately again refutes the position of Rabbi Yoshua, to which the Gemara says, Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, Rabbi Yoshua says, no, she's not believed. She's not believed. Now when we say she's not believed, Rashi says, that we have to assume that the man with whom she had relations with was apostle, and therefore again she is genealogically impacted, and therefore prohibited to go ahead and, or status impacted I should say, and therefore not permitted to go ahead and marry a Kohen. So the Gemara says as follows, so the Gemara says, so watch this, Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Yeshua says to Rabbi, to, to the, well in this case it sounds like the Rabbanon, but it's Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer, watch this, would you not agree with me in the following case? Let's say a woman is taken captive. And there are witnesses that she was taken captive. And she says, I was not violated by my captors. That we don't believe her. Even though she says, I, was, I, was, I wasn't violated by my captors. We don't believe her. We don't believe her. They said, yes, we agree with you in that case. They agree with you in that case. To which Rabbi Yeshua says, so let me get this straight. So you agree with me in a case where a woman is taken captive, and there are witnesses to the fact that she was taken captive, and she says, but I wasn't violated. In that case, we do not believe her. Right? Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lezer. They say, yes, we agree with you in that case of the Shavuya. So what's the difference between that case and this case? This case being, we saw her speaking with someone, and we assumed that Pia occurred. We ask her, who, who was the man? She gives us the name. We shouldn't believe her. 
we shouldn't believe her. So why, 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 do you, why, why don't you believe her? Right? You won't believe her in the case of the Shvuya, but you will believe her in the case of the Mishnah Midaberes. So to which there's a very simple, very simple, very simple distinction. One second, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. In the case of the Shavuya, in the case of the woman taken captive, there are witnesses that she was taken captive. Right? And remember, part of what happens in captivity is that the woman is violated. We know that that occurs, or at least we know with enough frequency that that occurs, that Allah so we assume that's what occurred. So once you have Eidos, that she's taken captive, it's almost as if that there's Eidos that she was violated. In this case over here, there's no Eidos. We know, we saw, we know that she was alone with a guy, right? But we, we, we don't know anything more than that. So listen to this, Rabbi Yosho but one second, in this case over here, first I'll look at Rashi, Remember again, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer say back to, right, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi say back to, say, say back to Rabbi Yoshua, in this case in the Mishnah, we don't know that, they, that, that she had relations at all, right? All we saw was Midabaris. Umigudi by Amrla Lonev Alti, right? Ki Amra, the front. Aflazurashi says, Kilomar Afkan Yesh Acha Sheshla Eden Batam Cholkim Belsa. So listen to this. So Rabbi Yoshua says, but in the case of the Mishnah, there's also Eidos. What's the Eidos? She's pregnant. Now he's referring now to the second case of the Mishnah, right? In the second case of the Mishnah, she's pregnant. So in the case, so, okay, so you want to say in the first case of Midabaris, there's no Eidos that there was Bia. In the case of when she's pregnant, it's pretty clear that there's Bia. To which the Gemara Shari Kresa, literally again, her stomach is between her teeth. That's the hyperbolic expression ultimately of pregnancy. Armulo, rov ovde kochavim prutsin ba'arayosim. So they said back, they said back to Rabbi Yoshua, the majority of ovde kochavim are prutsin ba'arayos. Now again, I will say we're going to go through this exchange. At first glance, when you read through it, the exchange doesn't make sense. So we'll read it and then we'll explain it. So they say back to Rabbi Yoshua, right? Rov of the Kochavim Prutz and Baras. The majority of idolaters are immoral. Okay. So so Amr Lahan, Rabbi Yoshua says back to them, Ain Apetropis La Arayas. Ultimately, again, there's no guardian against immoral behavior. Okay. When is that true? Ultimately, again. When a woman is giving testimony about her own status. But ultimately, again, when it comes to a woman testifying about the kashras of her offspring, everyone agrees the child is a shtuki. Okay, that's the exchange. So the Gemara says, what is Rabbi Yeshua saying to the Rabbanon, to, to Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi, and Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Eliezer, and what, and what ultimately are they responding to him? So in other words, they're both like, the exchange was pretty clear until this last part. Here we go. This is what Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua respond back to, sorry, this is what Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer respond back to Rabbi Yeshua. So the Gemara, so listen to this. So th- this is what they say. Ultimately, again, fine. I understand what you're saying about the woman who's pregnant, that you want to say that there's Eidos there, that there was Bia. But what will you say about the first case in the Mishnah, where ultimately, again, she's quote-unquote talking. In other words, we have no Eidos that there was any kind of Bia. 
Amr Lahan, to which Rabbi Yoshua will respond, Medaberes Hainu Shvuya. Rabbi Yoshua says in my book, Medaberes is the same thing as Shvuya. As the same thing as Shvuya. Just like by Shvuya, we know that she was violated. So to Rabbi Yoshua says, by, by Medaberes, we know that there was Bia. So which the Gemara says, Amru Lo, they say back to Rabbi Yoshua, it's not true. Shiny Shvuya. Shvuya is different. Why? The rove of the Kochavim Prutsim Ba'arayasim. Because the majority of idolaters are immoral. So therefore, when a woman is taken captive by idolaters, we know with almost absolute certainty that she was violated. That she was violated. So Amr Lahem, Rabbi Yoshua, but again, according to Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer, that's fundamentally different than the case of Midaberes. In the case of Midaberes, we don't know that anything happened. Amr Lahem, Rabbi Yoshua responds, Hanami kevan de estater ein apetropis laarayas. I will say this is incredible. Rabbi Yoshua says, the truth is, truth is, once a man is alone with a woman, we have to assume that something happened. Why? There is no guardian against illicit behavior. I will say, which, which is such 